all is right in the world, Rasmus Dahlin is an NHL All-Star. You're Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Sneaky Joe DiBiase on today's show. Feel free to follow us on Twitter. I am there at Sneaky Joe Sports at Locked On Sabres for the podcast account. If you want to get involved in the show, you could do that web either through those social media platforms or you could do it on our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Locked On Sabres. You can watch the show there. You can get involved with the show there. You can do a, a comment or a question, uh, and we always love reading those on the program. I actually did not have a question ready to go from the fans. I'm not going to lie. Deflated. Little bit deflated after that loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. I was in the arena, super excited. All right, let's go get into a playoff spot. Let's head into the bye week. Let's head into the all-star break so we can just look at it in the standings. The Sabres in a playoff spot. And man, not quite a wake-up call, little reality check uh, in b- served by the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, for sure. Uh, what do we got for YouTube comments today? We got SaberGuy87. I was talking about Demko yesterday as a trade idea from Vancouver. SaberGuy87 says, it might be better to just say I don't want Comrie as the backup. I don't trust him, and I want an upgrade. You know what? That is fair criticism from SaberGuy87. That is a much simpler way of saying what I did yesterday on the show. When I went through comp, when I went through the trade idea of Thatcher Demko and Devin Levi's age and the precedent of 24-year-old or younger goaltenders not really making a a big mark in the NHL in the last decade. That's right. I mean, that's pretty much it summarizes. I don't want Eric Comrie as this team's backup goaltender going forward. That's at least at this point. We'll see if he gets back on the ice in an extended period of time in 2023. I'm not guessing that's going to happen, but I guess it could. So jury might still be out on Comrie a little bit, but I'm not optimistic that between now and the end of the season, he's going to convince me, convince the Sabres, and convince Sabre fans that he is capable of being the 1B to Ukapekalukanen's 1A. So, good. I'm going to take that. That's constructive criticism right there that I appreciate from SabreGuy87. Um, anybody else? Uh, yeah, Danielle asks, what about Johnson, Portillo, Middlestat, and a second-round pick for Thatcher Demko? I, I, I love it. It's basically all the things Sabre fans would like to trade, isn't it? And that's why it wouldn't work. You, that's, that is, if you follow Matt Beauvais from Channel 7 on Twitter, that is the new form of Ennis Weber in a second-round pick. Everyone always wanted to trade Tyler Ennis, Mike Weber in a second-round pick. That's this. Everyone wants to trade Ryan Johnson and Eric Portillo because they're going to walk away in free agency anyway. Newsflash, they're not worth much because the team acquiring them doesn't, doesn't know if they're going to sign their long-term. So they're not worth much. Casey Middlestat's fine. He's even playing really well this season, I think. But not worth all that much. Second-round pick, I mean, sure. But I, I think it's going to cost more than that to get Demko. I think you got to give at least one, one nice little prospect, whether that's Rosine or whether that's Osland or whether that's Kulik. 
I think you got to give something of value. You can't just give them four things that you'd like to trade and get a guy that there's a lot of reason to believe is still a very good number one goaltender in the NHL. All right, so there's a couple of YouTube comments. I'm really just trying to avoid the inevitable, which is talking about this game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Really all I'm trying to do. But we got to do it. After, we'll talk about the All-Star game. We have changes to the All-Star game involving the Buffalo Sabres. Tage Thompson not going. Darlene is going. We'll talk more about that coming up in a little bit. We know what competition Darlene will be uh, participating in at the skills contest. And then I've got two stats of the day for you. One that I did a lot of work on and didn't get much of a payoff on, but I'm going to share it anyway. And another one that doesn't really mean anything, but is super interesting. So if that's a tease, you know, that's a tease. And then uh, talk about the crowd a little bit. Because there was, there was some Twitter stuff uh, on Sabres Twitter yesterday about the crowd not being completely full. And I'll tell you why I don't think it's a big deal at all a little bit later on today's show. All right, fine. We'll talk about it. 5-1. Sabres lose to the Hurricanes. Listen. The Hurricanes are elite. Yesterday, I told you, I think they might be the best team in hockey. I did put Boston ahead of them in my power rankings this week, but I flirted with Carolina being number one. And I honestly, by the time next Tuesday rolls around, um, I think I might put Carolina at number one. They're incredible. They were playing their third game in four nights. They were playing on a back-to-back. and they. I mean, I'll be honest. What I predicted to happen kind of happened, right? I said yesterday going into the game that Carolina, because they are so talented and they are so just, they mesh so well together as a unit, they're going to come out firing and they're going to come out with energy and they are going to try to beat the Sabres early. And if the Sabres can survive the onslaught early, that they can then take over because they're young. Carolina is going to get tired because of all the games they've played recently. Um, And as the game goes on, they will lose energy. The Sabres will not, and Buffalo could take over. That did kind of happen, but they just let too many goals in early. The the Hurricanes getting out to a 3-0 lead. You can't have that happen. You cannot let them get out to a 3-0 lead. Matias Samuelson had a really tough night, I thought, in front of the net. He is just not looking all that strong. He is so good at so many things, passing, feeling pressure in his own end, uh, defending on the rush. If there's one criticism that I have of Samuelson's game, it is certainly that he is not good in front of the net. He is a big body. He should That should be the easy part of his game, is removing a guy from the front of the net. Among the things I want a guy to be good at, by the way, that's low on the list. I'd rather him be a great passer. I'd rather him be great at defending the rush. I'd rather him not turn the puck over in his own end, even when he's pressured. After all of that, I guess I'd rather that he could get people out from the front of the net and and get rid of rebound chances. But there were a couple of those in, in the first period that didn't go their way. After that, what I said would happen, happened. Buffalo started to control the game. They started to control possession. Carolina was okay with playing back because they had the lead, but the Sabres in the second and the third period, they had more uh uh, they had more shoot, scoring chances than Carolina. In fact, they had more scoring chances than Carolina for the game. They out uh, 22 to 21 in that department at five on five. High danger scoring chances through the whole game were pretty close, 10 to eight in favor of Carolina. Shot attempts were 47 to 42 in favor of Carolina. Like it wasn't a 5 1 game at the in the advanced stats. And that's how it looked to me. It was all Carolina in the first, back and forth in the second, Buffalo in the third. They just didn't get the goals to go their way. And Carolina is a great finishing team, so they killed you on that front. But overall, 
I guess it's it's just deflating because of what it, that win could have meant for Buffalo in the standings. They now going into the break, you know, it's it's not as great to look at. They're still right there. We all would have signed up for this right at the beginning of the year. Them being one point out of a playoff spot going into the All Star break, but now they said one point back of Pittsburgh with one more game played than the Penguins, and they are four points back of Washington with three games in hand. So suddenly, to catch Washington, you got to go two and one in those games in hand. So. That's kind of just how it looked. My goathead of the night, our MVP of the game for the Buffalo Sabres, is going to go to their lone goal scorer, and that is going to be Alex Tuck. Not just for the goal, but he really was great throughout the entirety of the game. Tage Thompson, who got injured in this game and left after the second period, did not look right from the get-go. He missed practice on Monday with an upper body injury, and it looked like he was dealing with something the moment that game began. Um his back was getting worked on. They showed that on the TNT broadcast. I didn't see that live because I was in the arena, but I saw people tweeting the TNT was showing that. It was a back. So, you know, I, I thought something has been off with Thompson for weeks. I kind of backed off that, and maybe I shouldn't have. I backed off that take and that thought because he started putting the puck in the back of the net. He started putting up points, right? He had like a six-game point streak in the last three weeks. But even through those games, he just never looked right to me. He was turning the puck over more. He was going down easier. He wasn't, you know, fending off defenders with his body as much. I don't know. I, he Timid, hesitation, just something seemed off. And now maybe we're getting more clear, uh, confirmation that something was has been off with him, that he's been dealing with something nagging, and now he's not going to the All-Star game. Uh, the Sabres, by the way, reportedly do not believe that this is anything long-term. So maybe he's back at the, at the next time they play a game against Calgary next Saturday. But anyways, a long way to get to Alex Tuck with an injured Thompson playing with him. And then Thompson leaving the game. He was their best player flying around the ice. I mean, he is always moving at a million miles an hour. You know, what's interesting about Alex Tuck, the guy he was acquired for. Sabres trade Jack Eichel to Vegas. This, by the way, is not meant to be a criticism of Jack Eichel. I do enough of that on the show. This is not meant to be a criticism of Jack Eichel. But there could not be a more stark difference between Eichel's style and Tuck's style. Jack Eichel, and I think, again, he was good at this. This is not a criticism. Wanted to slow the play down. He would skate through the neutral zone with speed. He would get into the offensive zone, and then he would kind of post up. He was like a post-up player in the NBA, like a Dirk Nowitzki almost, if uh, if I can make an NBA comparison. He wanted to slow the game down because he knew, all right, let me set up shop. Let me look around. Let me find guys. Let me allow guys to get open and kind of make cuts and whatnot, and I'll just pass from this mark because he knew my strength on my edges and my skates because I'm such a powerful skater. And I'm so strong with also one of the longest sticks in the NHL. Eichel knew you can't take the puck off me. So I'm going to slow things down. Tuck is the polar opposite of that. Tuck is always, let's go, let's go, 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 go. I got the puck. Let's go run. Let's go to the net. Like fast as you can. Uh, You want to ice the puck? Good. I'm going. I'm going to get to the face off circle first. Everything Alex Tuck does is at full speed at all times. And he really is the fastest player on the Sabres. I think I said Paterka might be right there with him. I think it's Tuck. Tuck is such a powerful skater. He's got quick feet. He is so quick to get the 0-60. to 60. I mean, he is always moving. And 
when he's controlling the game, when he's not the guy who's playing off the puck, because sometimes a lot of times Thompson is the guy that is carrying the puck into the zone and he's the setup guy and he, everything's kind of running through him. Some games like last night, the, the play runs through tuck. And when that happens, the whole team is moving at a million miles an hour. And I think it's more dynamic. I think it's a funner style to watch. Again, I'm not saying it's necessarily better than the style Eichel plays. It just is interesting that the two guys in that trade could not be more different in the speed in which they play the game. Um, or the speed in which they want to play the game, I should say. Because, of course, Jack, with his with his ability to skate, I mean, he wa- he could play a million miles an hour if he wanted to. He just, it's not really his game, I guess. Um, so, anyways, Alex Tuck gets a goal in the game, the only goal. A nice shot, too, right? Like, uh, Auntie Ranta didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. I was right behind the net. I didn't, I did not think he was about to shoot that puck. But such a quick release. He'll sometimes just rip it from anywhere, and you're not ready for it. And that's what he did there. Top corner for his 24th goal of the season, career season for Tuck. He absolutely deserves goat head of the night for the game's MVP from the Sabres. All right, we'll take a timeout. It's got some all-star stuff. We've got some stats of the day for you, and i got a thought on the Sabres crowd and why the arena not being full is not that big a deal to me. And I'll explain in a little bit here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We are presented here by FanDuel Sportsbook. Hockey fans, football fans, this is the number one sports book in America. We are really excited to tell you about our new sports betting partner, uh, FanDuel. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. I love my prop bets. I was looking at some prop bets for the All-Star game coming up this weekend. There's a bunch of them. You could even look at some for the skills competitions, not just for the games themselves. And, of course, Super Bowl 57. Download FanDuel now, and you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything. The money line, point spreads, who'll score a touchdown, passing over-unders, lots of props, player props especially. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get your paid you get your winnings paid instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Sorry, we got some all-star news to talk about. Tage Thompson, with his upper body injury, left the Hurricanes game in the second period, after the second period, uh, with an upper body injury. He is not going to Florida for the NHL All-Star game. Uh, Little disappointing. I wanted to see him mostly in the heart of shot competition. I thought he could win it. 105? Could he break the record? I mean, the guy's slap shot is insane. He will not be going. He will not be participating hard of shot. And we now look ahead to see whether or not he will even be back for the Sabres the next time they play a game. In Thompson's stead goes Rasmus Dahlin. So the Sabres still get a representative, which, by the way, was not in stone that that would happen. It probably was going to happen, but Seattle didn't get a uh, Seattle didn't get a representative. Maddie Beneers got hurt. He's not going, and they put a guy from the Golden Knights in. So the Kraken don't get a guy there, uh, but the Sabres do. Dahlin is going, and you don't want it. You didn't want to have to have happen this way where the only way Darlene goes if Thompson gets injured. But Darlene, 100,000% deserved to be an NHL All-Star. The guy is second in the Norris odds. He is second, I believe, in points by defenseman this season. I think it's arguable he is the best defenseman in hockey right now because 
Eric Carlson, while I think is very underrated in his own end for, for his whole career, he's always gotten criticism for not being great in his own end. He is. I do think Dahlin's better, though, in his own end. I think it's arguable. You can make a case right now. Rasmus Dahlin is the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. And he wasn't named an all-star. In fact, no defensemen from the Atlantic Division were named all-stars. How did that happen? But he gets to go now. Either way, now he goes. And both players, you know, it'll go down. They'll go down as all-stars. Uh, when you look back on, he wasn't there at the game, but or he won't be there at the game. But Tage Thompson, it'll it'll say all-star for him. Not that he won't make more in his career, because he's probably going to make one almost every year. Maybe, we'll see. But looking back, he's a one-time all-star now before being voted there. And Dahlin will be two-time all-star. Made it last year. And he's going to the game this year. So I guess it's cool on that front that it's kind of like the Sabres do get a second all-star uh, without, you know, without getting the votes or whatever. Darlene will be participating in the hardest shot competition. I, I I did a double take when I saw this. I had to go back and make sure this was right and it wasn't a misprint and that someone else had it. He's trying it. I saw an interview that he did on NHL Network where he said he wanted to try it. So we'll see. He claims he could get above 90. That's fine. Nothing. You're going to have to get above 100 to win it. I'm not sure Darlene, though, actually thinks he could win it. And maybe he's just curious to see how fast a slap shot he shoots. Um, I was surprised by that. I, don't, I didn't know what he would participate in. The dunk tank thing. I thought the trick shot breakaway contest uh, he was going to do. Because he, I think, would be really good at that. But whatever. That could, you know what that could also be? Thompson maybe was going to be in the hardest shot contest. Maybe they figured all that out. In fact... Now that I'm talking this out in my mind, I bet you this is what happened. Thompson was going to be in hardest shot, and everybody else had gotten figured out. Like, they knew Crosby and Ovechkin were going to be in the breakaway challenge. They knew, you know, Dylan Larkin and the fastest skater. Everyone already had their roles. And Thompson's was, okay, you're going to be in the hardest shot. Then they find out Thompson's not going. And rather than just move everybody around, they just said, Dahlin was going to put you right where Thompson was going to go. I, I bet you that's what happened. That now that I'm thinking about it, I bet you that's what happened. But good for Dalines, two time all star for the Buffalo Sabres. And, um, should, let me look this up real quick. When's the last time the Buffalo Sabres had a two time all star, or the last time even that they had a guy go in back to back years? Because I don't believe that Jack Eichel did that. Uh, yeah, I don't think think he did um checking again right here all-stars all-stars i'm not seeing it i i don't even know the last time there was a two-time all-star there's no way i'll I'll have to look oh here we go uh all-stars for the buffalo sabers eichel eichel did it yeah eichel went three straight years 18 19 and 20 before that, you had a Poso in 2017, O'Reilly in 2016, Vanek never won in back-to-back years, Miller never won in back-to-back years, Brian Campbell, he was the last one. Brian Campbell went in 2007 and in 2008, so there you go. Uh, so pretty good company there, mostly because Brian Campbell's in that company rather than the other guy. All right, uh, time out here when we come back. I got another stat on Darlene for you that has nothing to do with him being in the All-Star game. And then a little bit on the crowd uh, being – not a sellout against the Carolina Hurricanes on Wednesday night. That's coming up here in the Lockdown Savers podcast with Joe DiBiase. We are presented by Built Bar. I love Built Bar. They are my breakfast every morning. I know they're not trying to be breakfast food. They want to be a protein bar, but I'm telling you, 
They got potential as breakfast food. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fats and calories. Built Bar is for you. We got through the holidays. My goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. And if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then I got the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. All bars, 100% covered in real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie. All the puff flavors are great with a marshmallow consistency to them. I'm not sure how Built does it. They're always coming out with new flavors, always coming out with new things, and they always taste amazing no matter what they're doing. Uh, Even like I'm not a big coconut guy. I hate coconut more than anything. And when I get that box of Built Bars, the assorted um, box with all the different flavors, I eat those coconut ones, coconut almond. I don't like almonds either, but these are good, and I eat them. That's the only way I will ever eat coconut is in a Built Bar. Somehow they make it good. And for years we've been telling you about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now... You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So that's right. Head to your local Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box, a four-bar box of Built Bars. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab that 13-bar box uh, for the next couple of weeks. So you can thank me later. Head to Built.com, Walmart, or Sam's Club to get Built Bar. Jody Biasi back here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast. All right, some quick thoughts here before we get out of here for today's show. Got a couple of stats of the day for you. They're kind of useless stats. They're more useless stats of the day uh, more than anything. Penalty minutes. We were talking about Wayne Gretzky and WGR and like goats because Tom Brady retired on Thursday morning. And we were talking about unbreakable records. And I was just looking through some form, some hockey records and I thought about penalty minutes because we're in a different era now, right? There's no fighting. There's no fighting. There's no brawls like there used to be. So I'm looking at, the penalty minute records. And I see there's Rob Ray. Rob Ray's over 3000 penalty minutes for his Sabres career. And I thought, Oh yeah, that's unbreakable. That's maybe as unbreakable of a record as any I've ever seen. There's no Sabre that will ever even get to a third of that. And then I looked at their active leaders. I was being generous when I said no one will ever get to a third of it. No one's going to come within a 10th of it. Rasmus Dahlin actually, is the Sabres' active penalty minute leader with 230 for his career. More than even Zemgus Girgensen, who's been here like, you know, six more years than Darlene has. But Darlene leads the Sabres in penalty minutes for his career right now with 230, just with the Sabres. Like, Oposo's Islanders days don't count. Here's how far Rasmus Darlene is behind Rob Ray for the Sabres' penalty minute record. If Rasmus Darlene played the next seven years for the Sabres, never missed a game, played 82 games every year, and got in a fight, got in a fight, one fight every single game for the next seven years, he still would trail Rob Ray for the most penalty minutes in Sabres history. That's how far ahead he is. That is, I'm saying it now, Perot's records, Hashik's records, Miller's records, Housley, any of them. The most unbreakable record in Buffalo Sabres history by a runaway. I mean, more than McGillney's 76 goals. More than LaFontaine getting 150 whatever points that he did. Way, way more unlikely to be broken than those is Rob Ray's 3,189 penalty minutes record. The most unbreakable Sabre record by far. Just want to throw that out there, stat of the day. And then, all right, let me get to this. 
The Sabres did not sell out against the Carolina Hurricanes. I, I even said, I'm, I was expecting the crowd to be full. I was excited for that. And I thought it would be. So yeah, a little bit of a disappointment that it was 74% capacity. All right, better than last year. Still a little disappointing. That's fair. It's fair to be disappointed. 14,166 was the attendance on a Wednesday night against Carolina. And by the way, if you were walking into the arena like I was to go to that game, it was the coldest night I've, I can remember walking into that arena. It was freezing. Not that that should matter too much, but it was. 14,166. And there is Grandpa Mikey on, uh, on Sabre Twitter putting the Sabre fans on blast for not filling up the arena. And on some level, I kind of get it. It's a day after, two days after Rasmus Dahlin pens a letter to Buffalo about loving how the crowd is full. But here is why, to me, it's not worth anybody's time to be worried about the attendance and be upset about it right now. With the wins will come the fans. It's how it works. It's how it's always worked. The Sabres fans will return over time. They lost a significant percentage of their season ticket base in the last couple of years. That doesn't change overnight with a 26-20-4 record. It's a nice record. They're having a nice season here. They are not in a playoff spot. It's not a good enough season to go from worst attendance season in hockey in the last 20 years to buildings full every night. Because that's what happened last year. Last season, the Sabres had the worst attendance year that anyone's had since the, the 2001 New York Islanders. You don't go from that to full every night with 26, 20, and 4. It's just how it is. It's filling up slowly. Fans are little by little getting back in the arena. And as the wins return, the fans will return. And here is a comparison for you going back to our the dream season of my lifetime, the most beloved Sabres team that I've ever seen, the 2005-2006 Buffalo Sabres. This, this Sabres team this year has 26 wins. That 05-06 team threw 26 wins of their own. So before their 27th win, that 05-06 Sabre team was averaging 15,000 341 fans a night. This 2022-23 Sabres team, before reaching their 27th win, is averaging 14,713. A difference of 600 fans a night. Minuscule. Nothing. So, yeah, it might that might sound a little bit cherry-picked, 27 wins. I'm just trying to... I'm really just trying to show that the wins correlate to the fans. So... I, they have 26 wins this year, so it just made sense that I would pick that 26 number or the 27 number before reaching it uh, as as the benchmark to, for this for this number. But essentially, all I mean to say is, when the wins come, the fans come. It happened in 0506, right? Before 27 wins, they were basically at the same attendance. It, it happened a few weeks to about a month before this team got there because they went on that 10 game win streak that year. So the timeline is a little off, but the point remains the same. Um, so I'm not worried about it. If the Sabres keep pushing here for a playoff spot, by the end of the year, the building is going to be full. Their season ticket base is going to grow, grow, grow. And if they are good for years to come, I'm not worried at all about next year, the, fan, the building being empty, the year after the building being empty. It's going to happen, but it's going to take time because, man, they are making, they're coming from rock bottom. They're coming from rock bottom. 
And that might sound like a defense of the organization. That's not meant to be. I'm, it's more a defense of the fans for me. I can understand why fans are still skeptical. I'm not. A lot of you listening are not skeptical that this team is good. I think they're great. But not every fan also watches every single game or is dialed into the team. Maybe they've lost interest a little bit because the last 10 years has warranted losing interest. I, that trust, it just it takes time to earn that trust back. It doesn't happen in four months, which is what, you know, October, November, December, January, four months. It doesn't happen in four months. It might happen in seven months, might happen in eight months, might even be five, but not four. All right. End of rant. Thanks everybody for listening to today's Locked On Sabres podcast. All right, some all-star stuff, trivia stuff, stats, uh, all-time Sabre all-star teams. I, we'll have some fun in the next in the next day or two uh, as we prepare for the NHL all-star game. And then we'll have a week off, do some prospect stuff next week. So a lot of good stuff coming your way as we uh, get you from now until the next Sabre game next Saturday against the Calgary Flames. So thanks everybody for listening. Chime in uh, our Locked On Sabres YouTube channel or on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports or Locked On Sabres. And we'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Locked On Sabres podcast.